This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of pseudo-hypoparathyroidism from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. Pseudo-hypoparathyroidism is a rare genetic disorder. The mechanism involves PTH resistance, which causes decreased target cell response to PTH. The classification of pseudo-hypoparathyroidism is type 1A or Albright hereditary osteodystrophy, type 1B, and type 2. Type 1A or Albright hereditary osteodystrophy is a defect in the genus 1 or GS-alpha protein. This is secondary to a defective gene from the mother and involves an upstream defect, specifically proximal to the formation of cyclic AMP. As far as skeletal defects associated with type 1A or Albright hereditary osteodystrophy, you will have a short 4th and 5th metacarpals and metatarsals or a short 4th metacarpal only. Remember the knuckle-knuckle-dimple-dimple sign on a closed fist. Differentials include Turner syndrome and Down syndrome. Turner syndrome will have a short 4th metacarpal only or a knuckle-knuckle-dimple-knuckle sign. Down syndrome will have a short middle phalanx. Other skeletal defects in the setting of type 1A or Albright hereditary osteodystrophy include brachydactyly and or exostoses. These patients may also have round facies, obesity, short stature, and or diminished intelligence. Pseudohypoparathyroidism type 1B will be secondary to a defect in the genus 1 protein or GS-alpha protein as well. These patients typically have a normal appearance. Finally, with respect to type 2 pseudohypoparathyroidism, this is secondary to an unknown gene defect. Unlike type 1A, type 2 is a downstream defect, which is distal to the formation of cyclic ANP. These patients typically have a normal appearance. As far as the presentation of pseudohypoparathyroidism, patients may have symptoms of hypocalcemia, which specifically include paresthesias of the fingertip, toes, or periorally, they may have abdominal pain or biliary colic, muscle cramps and or tetany, dyspnea secondary to laryngospasm and or bronchospasm, convulsions, and mental status changes, specifically anxiety, fatigue, and or mood swings. On physical exam, pseudohypoparathyroidism patients may have findings of tetany, specifically Trousseau sign or Chvostek sign. Trousseau sign is a carpopedal spasm after blood pressure readings, so you will inflate the blood pressure cuff 20 millimeters of mercury above the systolic blood pressure for 3 to 5 minutes. The hand adopts an MCP-flexed, DIP, and PIP-extended position. Trousseau sign tends to be more sensitive than Chvostek sign. Chvostek sign is facial muscle contractions after tapping on the facial nerve. Dermatologic manifestations of pseudohypoparathyroidism that you may notice on exam includes fungal nail infections, hair loss, and blotchy skin, specifically pigment loss, and or vitiligo. In the evaluation of pseudohypoparathyroidism, laboratory studies will reveal high PTH, low calcium, high phosphate, and low vitamin D. The Ellsworth-Howard test is a method to differentiate type 1 and type 2 by administering exogenous PTH. Type 1 will show no increase in urinary cyclic AMP and phosphate. Type 2 will show increased excretion of urinary cyclic AMP and phosphate. With respect to the differential of pseudohypoparathyroidism, other causes of hypocalcemia include renal osteodystrophy, which will manifest with low calcium, 
high PTH, high phosphate, and high alkaline phosphatase. Hypoparathyroidism, which will manifest with low calcium, low PTH, and high phosphate, and pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. With respect to the mechanism of pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism, there is no PTH resistance, and there is a normal target cell response to PTH. The genetics of pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism is a defect in the GNAS1 or GS-alpha protein, and this is secondary to a defective gene from the father. As far as skeletal defects in the setting of pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism, these patients also have a short fourth metacarpal and metatarsal. These patients may also have metastatic calcifications. Laboratory findings for pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism include a normal PTH, normal calcium, normal phosphate, and normal vitamin D. Finally, other causes of hypocalcemia that will be on the differential for pseudo-hypoparathyroidism include decreased vitamin D3. Now let's quickly go over the differences between hypoparathyroidism, pseudo-hypoparathyroidism type 1a, pseudo-hypoparathyroidism type 1b, pseudo-hypoparathyroidism type 2, and pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. We'll differentiate them based on appearance, PTH levels, calcium levels, phosphate levels, vitamin D levels, response to PTH administration, and the genetics. So in the setting of hypoparathyroidism, these patients will appear normal. You will have a decreased PTH, decreased calcium, elevated phosphate, and a decreased vitamin D. So again, in the setting of hypoparathyroidism, these patients will appear normal. PTH and calcium will be decreased, phosphorus will be elevated, and vitamin D will be decreased. Moving on to pseudo-hypoparathyroidism type 1a, these patients will have skeletal defects, PTH will be elevated, calcium will be decreased, phosphorus will be increased, and vitamin D will be decreased. As far as their responses to PTH administration, there will be no increase in urinary cyclic AMP or phosphate. As far as the genetics, type 1a pseudohypoparathyroidism is secondary to a defect in GNAS1. Again, this will be a defective gene from the mother, and this will be an upstream defect that is proximal to the formation of cyclic AMP. Moving on to pseudo-hypoparathyroidism type 1b, these patients will appear normal, PTH will be elevated, calcium will be decreased, phosphorus will be increased, and vitamin D will be decreased. The genetics involves a defect in GNOS1 and STX16. Moving on to pseudo-hypoparathyroidism type 2, these patients will also appear normal, PTH will be elevated, calcium will be decreased, phosphorus will be increased, and vitamin D will be decreased. As far as the response to PTH administration, these patients will have increased urinary cyclic AMP and phosphate. As far as the genetics, type 2 pseudohypoparathyroidism will be secondary to a defect in GNOS1. Remember, type 2 is from a downstream defect that is distal to the formation of cyclic AMP. Finally, moving on to pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism, these patients will have skeletal defects on appearance, while PTH, calcium, phosphorus, and vitamin D levels will all be normal. The genetics involves a defect in the GNAS1 or GS-alpha protein and is secondary to a defective gene from the father. Treatment of pseudo-hypoparathyroidism is non-operative. 
and can involve oral calcium and one alpha-hydroxylated vitamin D metabolites, which is indicated for all patients with pseudohyperparathyroidism, and IV calcium replacement, which is indicated for patients with severe symptoms of hypocalcemia. That's all for this review about pseudohypoparathyroidism. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.